that's that's where this thing is going because i mean i'm gonna if i'm a franchise right you 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 know i'm i, I want to i'll bring back michael out for a you know a short time i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take the star of the wnba right what come on first heard right I'm, here why I'm, not ladies and gentlemen episode six zebra stripes podcast um hopefully you are joining us and you like the new um the new logo the new digs the new name for the podcast i am coach gene clemens that is coach with Lejour. thank you for joining us once again happy to be here want to wish everyone a happy kwanzaa merry christmas happy hanukkah and all of the other holidays that get celebrated out there um that that we may not even know about um Noche Buena, which is where where Hispanic people celebrate their Christmas the day before Christmas, the night before Christmas. They call it Noche Buena. Um, Shout out to all of you people. I mean, I love any opportunity to celebrate with. How about you? Uh, I'm celebrating the fact that I just don't look like death on camera, as I was uh, referred to uh, last week. So I'm just happy. A little more color in my face. I'm celebrating that. Uh, as well as uh, all the other holidays you mentioned, but I tend to lean your way on that. I tend to lean your way, which is, you know, in, including your birthday. Like, is there, do you have to really celebrate your birthday on on that day, or can you, you know, move it around a little bit? Yeah, I think I think anytime you get an opportunity to celebrate life and and all of the things that come with life, you got to take it because we're we're surrounded by death all the time, and you know, appreciating not only the not only you know the the landmarks in life, but also appreciating the people that you get to celebrate those landmarks with. It's a great thing, and and so I, for one, am def- definitely going to, you know, continue to embrace that, and and maybe even try to take that to the next level. Things that I may not have celebrated in the past, I I want to try to to be more present in those things because you know you don't know yeah, how many trips around. That, yeah, speaking of the next level. Uh, did you, and knowing that you came on here today a little, you know, beat up from these workouts, again, more basketball that is, you know, retirement has been, again, put aside. Uh, did you finish the Superman book that I recommended to you? Uh, and if so, you know, maybe that's part of taking you to the next level. Well, it's interesting because now I'm fascinated by this I the idea behind the book um and and the idea behind flow and trying to think of the times that I have found myself in a flow state um but it but it makes sense when I when I was thinking about about the book and 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 the premise of it it makes sense why quarterbacks who there are certain quarterbacks who perform extremely well when things break down and I think that level of peril, that level of peril, that level of, oh my gosh, something's about to happen, I, where their where their regular conscious self clicks off, and now it just becomes, you know, whatever that is taking over. Things slow down. This is why you see Lamar Jackson able to, you know, perform so so incredibly when it, when it seems like everybody's around him and all of a sudden he does something that you've never seen a quarterback do before and he's out of there or how how 
guys like um, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees have this, this innate ability to be pinpoint accurate in throws that you would never think a quarterback would be able to make on a regular basis. And I mean, obviously there's way more than just those guys. I think about Barry Sanders having to run behind a, a really terrible offensive line for most of his, um, most of his NFL career and how that had to, there had to be some level of instinctive flow that, that came about having to avoid all of these people who are trying to crush you and don't want to end up on the next highlight. You know, it's, it's interesting trying to, trying to take that flow state and, and, and figure out how I can, apply that in my own personal life or, yeah, or in no, my own professional life. You know, I don't know how, how I'm able, how I would be able to do that, but maybe I was thinking about it. Maybe that's why some people perform better under deadline. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to those who, you know, need everything to be kind of mapped out, you know, and, 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 and put into check marks. I've never really been a guy like that that needed everything to have a check mark to it. Um, when it came to writing, I, I was always able to, if the deadline was coming, I was able to lock in and get that done. So it was interesting, very interesting read. Um, I, yeah, I, I would the, recommend it as well. I'm, I thank you for recommending it to me. Yeah, I think I think positive stress would be what you're talking about there, where positive stress can, can kind of lock you in. Um, I think I go back to episode one on the pod, uh, the, the, the deer, you know, and I'll tell you what, both Mary Beth and I, and this was, speaks to your peril argument. Uh, we, we were in flow. We were in the zone immediately when that deer uh, came across our front of our car. Uh, things slowed down. Things became, um, you know, surreal. Like, I mean, it, unexpectedly in that case, you didn't even have time to, you know, where some of this other stuff, obviously the extreme athletes are preparing because what they're taking on is incredible. The other thing I thought was interesting about the book, obviously, uh, it speaks to younger guys uh, and gals, you know, eight, 10 years old going up in sports now. I mean, this sports psychology, whatever you want to call all this stuff, optimum performance, um, you know, kids are growing up with more of it uh, and are only uh, going to continue to get more of it, just like they're growing up with better physical training. Uh, and then the last piece for me, um, the idea of group consciousness. So in flow, is there a place for the human species to get together and solve some abundance um, issues and challenges in the world today, whether that's uh, food shortages, population uh, uh, explosions, uh, you know, whatever crisis you want to talk about, but can humans get in flow, if you will? And there's an opportunity there that's pretty thought provoking. So, anyway. In, it, by the way, the name of the book is The Rise of Superman by Stephen um, Kotler. Excuse me, Stephen Kotler. So, if anybody's listening out there, if you want to go and check that yeah. out, go and support it. It's a really great book. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm happy that you, that you, that you suggested it. it 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 reminded me by the way i read i read the talent code i don't know if you ever read that or not but yeah. um when they talked about the you know the 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 thousand hours of 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 exercise or of of training 
but it had to be specific. It had to be when you were at the elitist level. So a lot of people just think, oh, it's a thousand hours or or what is it? 10,000 10, hours. Excuse me. Right. A lot yeah. of people think it has to be that if you just hit that 10,000 hours right. mark, it's automatic. Right. But what they talked right. about in the book is that there was just a if you worked out for an hour. There may only be like 20 minutes of that hour where you were actually in that legitimate area that made you better at it. So yeah. if you compile that into the 10,000 hours, it takes much longer than 10,000 legitimate yeah. hours. Um, and so with young people, like you were talking about, with young people training at an earlier age, getting involved in, 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 a, in an early age, with the rise of specialization, because most of the people in these extreme sports that's all they do. So specialization is not really a thing for them. They That's just all they've done. So I think as you see more of these young men and women be more specialized in their one sport where they're spending more hours throughout the year learning these specific skills, you could see that application of flow happen a lot more because they're getting they're getting that 10,000 hours at like age you know, 16 and 17 instead of age 24, like they may have been doing when, you know, you were coming about or even when I was coming around. So it, it's interesting to kind of like start to piece a lot of these different theories together and see that they kind of all work. You yep. know, they kind of all work. It's just we're, we're giving different names to it. We're, we're identifying different elements of it. Um Things that may not have been touched on in one thing that I read may be touched on in another. And, and that explains away the part that I maybe not didn't understand over here when I read it when it read it there. So, you know, any anytime you get an opportunity to 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 be a little bit more um to get a little bit more insight into the into what makes us us, I, I think it's yeah. I think it's an enjoyable read. Yeah, I, I agree. I tend to get bogged down in that stuff. But in any case, I probably had it on my mind because books were kind of the theme of our family Christmas. Like there were just books being, uh, you know, passed around, opened up uh, nonstop. It seemed to be the theme this year. You know, there's different themes sometimes you'll, you'll see on a holiday. So it seemed like books and books and sing too uh, would appear to be the theme of the leisure household. Absolutely. Sing to uh, movies in t in general tend to be a, a way that a lot of people spend the holidays. And I know I always, you know, catch a movie like a holiday movie. You were saying that you that you saw Sing Two. Give us your give us your thought pro thought on it because I haven't seen it yet. I'm looking forward to to watching it because it's right up my alley. Yeah. I love all that stuff. Yeah, and and it's a genius movie, obviously, because like I as soon as I saw it, I went, oh my goodness, there's going to be Sing. 22 like there's there's no end and seemingly i i you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm new to the party here but um it, it just won't get old uh the just possibilities without you know getting into too much detail there i i, I just think it's it, it has the opportunity to stay fresh which sing two does so i was late to the party uh i i in fact had to watch sing one uh the morning uh, before I was going to sing too uh, late in the day, I'd made, you know, and I, I knew obviously I had to play a little catch up. Had heard great things, uh, so uh, watched sing one, loved it. Uh, Mary Beth, my wife, watched it with me, and she had seen it 
several times probably with grandkids and whatnot. Um, and then late in the afternoon, we're off to sing two. And I didn't know if it could hold up. And uh, Buster Mooney, Buster Mooney brought it again uh, with some help. And next thing you know, I mean, we, we loved it. I, you know, I am now will be, uh, I will be singing the praises of sing two uh, for the next month. Uh, two thumbs up. That's your, that's your, that's your final analysis, two thumbs up, or your final ranking? Like Siskel, uh, and, I think that's a Siskel and Ebert thing, the thumbs? Yeah, I, I, I was yeah, I was kind of going to my Siskel and Ebert, uh, uh, you know, movie review thing. Um, gotcha. We have definitely dated yeah. the pod right now. <laughs> Siskel yeah, I, and Ebert I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. 95 right okay you you give it you give it 95 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes that what that's your that's your i like it you i have not always yeah go ahead no no, go ahead you were about to say something uh, you always bring me down to earth you know when i get a little (laughs) i was saying that's a subtle way of saying that i always you know throw a jab in when i can is that what i mean i think that's part of our you know i think that's I think that's what we do for each other. It's like doing those push-ups when the guy, uh, you know, gives you, uh, you know, the the rabbit punches to the to the gut to the abs. You know, you do or not push-ups, sit-ups. You know what I'm talking about, boxing style. So I think that's the way you and me work. You know, we're we're making each other better. But while one guy's doing his crunches, the other guy's going boom, 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 boom. I like it. I like it. You know, remind yeah. keep 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 us on our toes. That's that's how we stay. That's how we stay sharp. So, I yeah, yeah I have to. I watched I watched the Matrix, the new Matrix, Matrix um, Resurrection. Um, I thought it was really interesting. And obviously, you know, don't want to give too many spoilers away. I know that it was not well received. Um, A lot of people had had things to say about it and said it was terrible. I actually found it rather enjoying. I, I thought that the the way that they went about how we get to where we are in the story was interesting because they wove they 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 they've woven a lot of the things in that we do right now and i think that's the that was what made the matrix originally so good is that you could actually explain it away and go oh well that makes sense even in the fact that it kind of doesn't doesn't make sense like even in the fact that it's we're talking about technology we're nowhere near like the idea that that is that seems possible that that seems logical that this could happen you know kind of gave us that that in and so the new one does the same in my opinion does the same thing it just comes at it from a different perspective and so i I enjoyed it. Like anything, when you're talking about sci-fi, you've got to suspend disbelief, you know, and and that's important. But I think at the premise of what it is, once again, we were really, we were really, you know, um, we were really um, left to 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 be able to to see it and go, oh. I, 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 this is cool. Like this is the next evolution of what we saw to start with. So I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll be interested to see how it grows on people. Cause 
I don't remember the first Matrix being like an instant phenomenon. It was something that kind of built and grew as it was as it was going along. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that works. I'm I'm new to the Matrix party too, so I watched that a couple of days ago too, uh, and uh, really enjoyed it. And you know, obviously, like you said, the sci-fi piece of it is 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 pretty far out there. But I, I think the premise of the movie again that you've got people walking around in a, in a reality that they may or may not fully appreciate and understand. I mean, that holds with or without the, uh, you know, with, with, with or without the, uh, uh, you know, the, the technological pieces of it, the, you know, depending on how far you go. And, and similar uh, was this don't look up that I happened to stream uh uh, DiCaprio and, and Jennifer Lawrence, maybe, or uh, not, I don't know. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. So, I mean, awful reviews, um, but our, our family, we enjoyed it. And, and partly because of what you said about Matrix, which is the, uh, the stuff they included in the movie. You know, it's it's like now when we see a movie and the actors and actresses are smoking a cigarette, we like we go, oh, my goodness, God, if you if you see an old movie or, or all the a telephone or something like that. But now it's you know, you see all the, you know, the hashtagging or just the, the just the the pace of the movie is like, oh, my goodness, God, so contemporary. Now, again, critics did not seem to like it when I when I looked online. But um, if you if you get past the idea of a comet. Uh, hitting the earth, then, uh, you know, I, I, I thought it was good. So one thing I've found for me to kind of finish up my movie thought is, is, you know, it used to be if there was a big time blockbuster, I might not go because everyone was going. So I would kind of be the naysayer, the contrarian. And, you know, if I didn't get to it right away, I'd probably just stay away. And then years later, maybe get to it. I, I had that tendency a little bit. Um, and, but likewise, if a movie comes out and it's no good, maybe you don't go because. So what streaming has has kind of brought to to me is, you know, I'll throw anything on. I mean, you know, within reason. And we're constantly saying, God, that was good and never heard of it. Or maybe it didn't get great reviews or anything else. But you're just trying so much on. So you just, you know, the whole concept of, of I, I don't need Rotten Tomatoes. I don't need Siskel and Ebert. I don't need any of those critics. Um, you know, it's nice to see what people think, but, you know, just stream the movie and short money or no money. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm having a night out now. Again, I am a theater guy and I like my popcorn and I like my candy. So I do like to go out to the theater, but streaming has allowed me to worry a lot less about what everyone is saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of along the same lines as you when it comes to that. I don't, I don't think I've ever really watched, looked at a review, or heard someone give someone a give a movie a review and and go, well, I'm just not now, now I'm not going to watch it. Like that's never really been the case. Really, more for me, it's been con- confirmation. Like if I wanted to see a movie. And then all of the reviews on the movie was good. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to watch that movie right. now. Yeah. If yeah. if it's a situation where I want to see a movie and all of the reviews are bad, I kind of want to see the movie to see if I agree or if I disagree. So it's yeah. it, it wasn't as if I was saying, as if I've ever gone and went, well, you know, Siskel and Ebert gave it 
two thumbs down, so I'm not going to watch it. It was more like, I wonder why Siskel and Lever gave that movie two thumbs down. Let me see for myself. Uh, I, I think I think movies tend to fall into two categories. Are you watching it for enjoyment or you are watching it to be moved in some type of way? Whether that is like emotionally, physically, mentally, like what what's your what's the stimuli you're trying to have, you know, um you, you know, affected from the movie? Or are you just watching it because you just want to, you know, escapism, you know, whatever that might be. So for me, if I'm in a mood to go in and see, if I'm in a mood for a movie, I'm in a mood to see a world that I am not in right now. Whether that is a realistic world or a fictitious world, it's a world that I'm not in right now. And so I think that that's, that's part of the allure of movies and why movies have been so such a part of, of, of the Christmas time is because when you're together, that's kind of like that, that let's all go on this adventure together without actually going anywhere. You know, this shared experience, this shared movement is is big. And that's why I think you're right about sing um, because, because they, they essentially rip current music, you know, to, to make, you could just do that every year. I oh, mean, yeah. you, that could yeah. be a regular Christmas movie every single Jeez. year. So um, I, I, I definitely think we won't see the end of Sing, mostly because right. it's going to make a, a bajillion dollars. Speaking of making a bajillion dollars, um, Spider-Man, the new yeah. Spider-Man um, has has surpassed a billion dollars already. <laughs> How I, I thought I thought the movies were down, but apparently not, because it didn't come out on streaming. So all of that is movie theater money, and it just tells you that when people really want to see something, they're going to go and watch it. So, yeah, it's interesting. Well, and, and yeah, for for my son in Maine, who's now headed back to college, but for Jack, who was on last week, he actually went down to the local theater and uh, saw Spidey because he wanted to see it as soon as it was out, and. Uh, he actually watched it alone in the theater. There was nobody else there. Well, so Shout you don't get that Maine. experience everywhere. Shout out to Maine. Come to come to the Magic Lantern if you'd like to have a and it's a gorgeous theater. Uh, if you if you want to have a more you know private viewing experience, if you want to have a private viewing experience, check out the Magic Lantern in Bridgeton, Maine. If yep. you, if you want to have a you know just bring just bring a few buddies and you'll be there and nobody yep. else will. Apparently, yeah. um, New Year's is interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll we'll get into into more New Year's stuff as as we go along with um next week. But we do have college football starting to get into their postseason, or at least the postseason that we actually care about. That's the college football playoff: Alabama, Cincinnati, Georgia, Michigan. It's really interesting what what one game will do, right? Georgia lost one game to Alabama and not even arguably, but the greatest coach in college football history. And now people think that Michigan has have a legitimate chance to beat them because they lost to Alabama. It's really weird what we do in this society when it comes to how we're going to, you know, talk about teams. They were Georgia was literally had one of the best defenses in the history of the NCAA before they lost to Alabama. 
and then they lost one game to a team that almost nobody beats. And now it's a coin flip between them and Michigan. Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of the hype machine. You know, uh, football's got four teams in their playoffs, and we all know that soon it will be eight and then 16 and should be. Uh, you know, it shouldn't just be, you know, uh, limited uh, because parity is is out there, uh, maybe Alabama notwithstanding. But um, I, I think the the maybe the bigger story in, in, in this year's playoff, one is Cincy for sure. I mean, Cincy, come on. Uh, good for them. That's awesome. What a what a. What a boon for the for the school, uh, you know, basketball, football, whole athletic department. Um, so I think that's a big story. Them getting in, and and I think Harbaugh, I mean, who just looked like he was just not gonna have a day in the sun at Michigan, gets his day in the sun. So I I think Cincy, Michigan are the dominant stories of this year's playoff, at least in the first round. See, and I and I tend to go the other way. I think that Alabama, this is the Alabama that you were supposed to be able to beat. This was the vulnerable Alabama. This was the, hey, if you're going to get them, get them this year while they're breaking in this young quarterback and they have this defense that we don't really know much mm -hmm. about. And, and they don't have a real established, like, workhorse running back like they've had in the past. It was get this Alabama this year because next year you're not getting this Alabama. So if they win it this year, rubber stamp them for the championship again next year, barring right, well, major I'm gonna, injuries. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to take the field. I'm taking the field, and they're not winning this year. So I'll put the jinx on the other team. I, I'll take the field in that bet all day long. Alabama will not win this year. Uh, it will it will be one of the other three. So so it's interesting, but because you just took the field, you jinxed the field. You realize that, right? That's what we I, do. I do. You took the field, you <laughs> jinxed the field, and you I gave the Alabama the extra the extra push that they need to not only get over the hump this year, but to win it all again next year too. Thank you. That's Whit. the way we roll. Thank that's, you. That's, that's that's how we that's how we get it done. We we jinx people, and I think yep. I don't know if Whit meant to jinx the field, but he just jinxed the entire field. No, but seriously, like to me, that's a that's a story within itself. Like this sustain. It's not like they're doing something different than. Well, on the surface, like they're not recruiting different. They're not, you know, they're, the coaches that they have aren't outside of Saban. The coaches that they have are not like the best coaches in the world. We see what they do in other places. Like he's not getting necessarily the best and brightest coaches, but they're able to, once they get into that atmosphere, into that climate, from the moment he took the, he took the reins at Alabama, He's been able to create something where most of their good players never transfer, that they're, they're willing to wait their turn, that they're essentially they're willing to go through things the way in which 
college football and football in general has always worked, which is come in, pay your dues, wait your turn, and when it's your turn, take advantage of it, or somebody's going to jump you. And they've been able to do that at a level that I quite frankly thought we would never see again in college football. I thought we would have way more parity in college football than we do because we have more teams that are that are willing to spend more money. But doesn't matter how much money Texas A&M spends, they're not Alabama. It doesn't matter how much money Georgia spends, they're not Alabama. And LSU and Texas and, and UCLA and USC and Florida and so on and so forth, it doesn't matter how many times Jim Harbaugh takes his team over to, over to Germany or France or, or wherever they're going on trips in the offseason. By the way, that's fly. Let's just say that that's a, that's a fly thing to be able to do, but it doesn't matter how many times they do that. They're not Alabama. They're not Nick. There's no Nick Saban there. So whatever you're doing, it's just, it, it hasn't worked. And I, I think that that's, that story isn't, isn't spoken about enough. The other thing is at the university of Georgia, where you have gotten this, this guy to come back home to Georgia and he is right up underneath the teat of one Nick Saban on the defensive side, you've given him every single resource you can possibly give somebody to be successful, and he's still coming up short. When do we start saying that Kirby Smart, well, I've already said it, but when do other people start saying that Kirby Smart is nothing but a Georgia-bred Mark Rick? Because that's essentially what he's doing. He's having success. He's getting to the dance, but he ain't winning it. And so, like, at some point, you're going to have to get through, get past the finish line or people are going to go, hey, well, we've got it. He took us this far. Is he the guy to take us across the line? So I guess I'm looking at the – you're looking at the positives from the underdogs. Yep. I'm looking at – a positive from one favorite and a negative from another favorite. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, again, there's, there's uh, a lot of great coaches out there, but I think uh, Saban uh, kind of, you know, not all coaches are created equal, even at the highest levels. I mean, some, uh, some are just doing some things and God knows, I, I don't know what they all are, but some are just doing things uh, and creating a culture and environment and, you know, with, with the requisite talent that uh, is beyond what others are doing. And, you know, obviously my cynical piece of that is, uh, you know, if you watch Urban Meyer flame out as quickly as he did in one year after, you know, being rested, right? If I, if, I mean, he had time in transition. So if he flames out that quick, then I, I do the math and I just go back in time saying, you know, I mean, I don't want to discount anything he's done, I'm, you know, and, and obviously, hey, you get two chances, three chances, as much as you want. But I say, well, Nick, there's a hole in the armor there. Or, excuse, yeah, there's a chink in the armor. That, that Hey, Nick Saban, if, if that's who he's going up against, I mean, he's going up against some guys with some holes in their resume. So I'm not saying that's the case all the time. I'm just saying sometimes we make out these coaches uh, as media creations to be possibly more way more than they are and then so if you got the real mccoy my god he just you know there's a an even uh, bigger advantage they got when 
taken on. So again, I, that's no shot at code. There's a lot of great coaches out there, but sometimes we get a glimpse into some of these guys aren't what we thought they are. And, and some of them are more than we thought they are. Well, gosh, uh, mm. yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. I'm with you on the, the, sometimes these coaches are not what we think they are. Right. Right. And I'm I'm never here to like defend and or boost up people about who they are outside of the profession when it comes to sports because I think we do that way too much. But this dude Urban Meyer won everywhere. Yeah, he won in Bowling Green, he won in Utah, he won in Florida, he won big in Utah, he won big in Florida, national title. Then he won it at, at Ohio State. He went to the NFL, and we can say he flamed out. We can say he failed. But the truth is, does anyone believe that if if he would have actually, if he wouldn't have done the personal stuff that got him essentially, you know, out ousted, do we really feel good in saying that if he gets three, four years, he doesn't get it popping at at Jacksonville? Because we have no, we have no evidence to to say the contrary like well here's what i tell you i i would say this um don't don't tell me what you did yesterday show me what you're doing today i mean that that's coaches to players from you know that's ancient history like you okay god bless everything that happened before but that's before and so i just don't i i look at the present and say okay it does it doesn't line up and it raises questions about the before and i'm not i'm not sitting here trying to make this about taking shots at urban meyer that's not my point i no, i would okay. just he say shot at. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah some of these um some of these uh institutions are gonna win period like the the coaches the front man to places where that product is gonna be in place and so uh Yes. I mean, I think the only, I think some guys do have the ability to, you, you mentioned earlier to cash in at the end, like you gotta, you gotta cash the ticket, you know, you want to win the big one. Right. And so we, we, we can talk about that and he's proven that he could win a, a one game uh, situation for a championship. But that being said, just having a lot of success, yeah, you know, a lot of those places are going to had success previously and will have success a hundred years from now because they're built for it. And and the, and 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 you know the coaches, coaches one part of it. Yeah, I, I just I just look. I have a, I have an extra respect for the coach, not the person, but for the coach that yeah. that wins at every level. Yeah. Because I understand, and you and you obviously know, they they're not always working with the same deck of cards, and so or with the same hand from that deck of cards, and so like. The Brian Kelly, a lot of people don't think is a, a great person, but right. anytime people start to criticize Brian Kelly as a coach, I go, hey, 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 this guy won Division Two national championships. He won, you know, he won at he won at the lower level of 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 one A. He got his shot at Cincinnati. He kicked butt at Cincinnati. That got him the job at Notre Dame. He got Notre Dame to a championship when they hadn't been in, in God knows how long. 
Um, and then he ran up against teams that don't have to worry about what their kids' GPA are when they get into the school. And that's where the, the differences begin to begin to, to, to show up. So yeah, now the louder I'm just gonna say that, hey, guess what? So when I hear people, you know, when I hear the critics of Brian Kelly, I just say, okay, the louder they are, the more I, I say I, I I don't know him, but I probably like him. I like the Assumption College, I like the, the background, the girls, uh, softball and, and all of that. So I, I hear the critics and I just go, ah, that's probably, you know, he's probably actually a better guy and some of that stuff. And again, no Fair. idea. Fair. Yeah. No, I, I just, I just I, look at it and yeah. I go, if I'm just judging this dude off of being the coach, which is all I really care about because that's the only reason we know that person's name, yeah. then he's done, a, he's done a heck of a job and there was nothing really left to do at Notre Dame. If you have a season like they had and you still can't make the college football playoff, then that's as far as we're going to be able to go. This is telling me that I need to have undefeated seasons at an independent school to even be in consideration for the national title. Now he's at a place where he's going to be able to operate on a level playing field with all of the schools that usually end up beating down Notre Dame when they get into a playoff. So it'll be yeah, interesting. I love to his see. move. I like oh, no, his move for move. him. It was a great move. Yeah. Lo love the move. Um, you know, see I don't uh, love the move. I don't while, while we're at while we're at coaching moves. I love the move for him. I love the move financially for um the coach from Oklahoma. Um, yeah. obviously, when when people put that amount of money in front of you and that amount of 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 security financially in front of you, it's hard to turn it down. I think he chose the short money though. I, yeah. I, I you he could have he could have. Lincoln Riley, excuse me, Lincoln Riley, the coach of a uh, former coach yeah. of Oklahoma, now the new coach at USC. Um, it's going to be hard to go and pull a Pete Carroll at USC. That was no, not. You a, know what? I think I think he can do it. Like I think he's an undervalued coach, uh, believe it or not. Uh, uh, and so I think that uh, some programs historically that ruled the day and Nebraska comes to mind as one, but Oklahoma. So it seems like uh, maybe the Midwest uh, has, has a little trouble currently um, keeping up their cachet. So, you know, uh, going from then Oklahoma or Nebraska, uh, right? Because didn't Scott, Scott Frost uh, lit the world on fire at uh, Central Florida and then went back to his alma mater, Nebraska, and you said, okay, like, here's the favorite son, if someone can do it, and just nothing. So I, I think, again, back to my theory, I think there's something about the structure of those institutions now and the way recruiting's changed that that's going to be tougher than ever. So Lincoln Riley knows it, so he, gets, he goes out there where, uh, you know, absolutely nothing's going to get in his way. That's fair. That's fair. I think that if well the 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 financial security of the deal the financials of the deal give him a little bit more security than most would have but if he doesn't get it done out there in a relative short time people will be asking for him to be fired it's As winter so i'm i'm it's winter i'm way out over my skis you're the football guy i'm, I'm oh no I'm, I'm i just think so, this is no no give me a give me a, a midwest give me a powerhouse give me a top 3 you know, I mean, Cincy, for God's sake, we're talking, but that's a new one. So, like, Cincy's in the freaking 
championship series, but Nebraska and Oklahoma, blue blood football. Oklahoma, was, so Oklahoma was in the four last year. Yeah, they were. Ohio no, State was were. in the four last year. Yeah. So, yeah. like, so I think Midwest I, isn't dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think what we're, what we're, what we're, and then, and then Michigan is in there right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Like these blue blood Midwest teams are still viable because they're really great schools and they have they have fan bases that reach far beyond just the you know where they are. If you say boomer right now in Maine, there's a sooner coming back at you. I guarantee it. Like they're they're everywhere. And so to me, I always I always look at the opportunity. Like what what are you what are you going to be able to accomplish at USC? that you couldn't accomplish at Oklahoma. A national title is a national title, right? It's not like he took an NFL job and said, I just wanted to challenge myself at the highest level. He he made he made a lateral move and in some in some respects he made a he, he made a move down because Oklahoma's about to join the SEC, which means that the money that's coming into Oklahoma is about to double triple. So when when you when you think of it from that standpoint, it's like why not become a legend? Like, why not just be the a legend there? Because you can accomplish everything that you are going to be able to accomplish at USC, at Oklahoma. It's why I like it's why I like the move from Stoops to stay at Kentucky. Does he do it forever? Maybe not. But you're already a legend. Like, continue to build that legend, and maybe you get it to to a point where. Maybe you get it to a point where you can actually compete and, and pull a Cincinnati and get in. Your road's tougher. You got to go through the SEC. We get it. But maybe you can do that. And if you do, you're a legend. You're a legend. An unrequired, like nobody can talk about it. And there's something to be said about just setting up that legendary status forever. There's a, re- like, like, um, Jimbo Fisher. Did I see won- it? Did I- did I see? I'm sorry. Did I speaking of Stoops? Did I see is is Bob Stoops coaching Oklahoma in the bowl? He that, is. Did I see that? Yeah. Yes, he's going to coach that? him in the bowl game. That's that's something. I, I mean, I I don't know what is. You know, obviously, he's been around the school and all of that. But, yeah. Uh, Barry Alvarez, Barry Alvarez, the former head coach of yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. he's done it actually twice. There's he's been that twice that Wisconsin yeah. when Bielma when yeah. Bielma left, um, yeah. he took over and coached a bowl game. And then when another guy maybe got fired, he took over and coached a bowl game. So it's not unprecedented. We've seen it happen before, but you know, um, Jimbo Fisher. Can you get me back to basketball? Because you know what? You took me down the football hole, man. I'm sorry. I I just, I I, I just feel like our listeners are going to say, why am I listening to this idiot talk about college football? And you know, they'd be right. No, no, no. I think it's always good to look at other other perspectives. But speaking of basketball, while while we're there, um, a lot of a lot of cancellations. We talked about a little um last week mm-hmm. when when Jackson um Lazure joined us. The um professor Professor Lazure. I think that's what we're going to call him now. Yeah, Professor Lazure. Um, when he joined us and kind of schooled us all on what's going on, we've seen a lot of cancellations. We've seen a lot of. Uh, of changing of schedules um i've we've also seen in the nba not necessarily cancellations of games 
but dramatic changes in rosters. Um, so much, so much so that they had to come out and say, Hey, um, if you're, if you, if you need to sign more players while we get, while these other guys get off of the protocol, you're free to do that. And from that, we've seen some interesting signings, your Celtics sign um, ISO Joe, who I used yep. to call turnover Joe before he was ISO Joe, because he used to turn it over at an alarming clip when he played for you the first time. Um, like he's he's there and he's back now. Um, I think we saw we saw Isaiah Thomas get a ten day contract with the Lakers. Lance Stevenson caught on with a team. Who are some of the if you if there was a player that's played recently or that you enjoy, yeah. you know you've just enjoyed watching um, over the last you know whatever ten yeah. years that may not be in the league right now. Um, what what guy do you would you like to see get another you know crack to put the jersey on? Well, to be honest with you, the guy I'd like to see is Bird. I'd love to see Larry uh, come back, and I, I, I want to know you know with the new NBA and the less physicality and the greater spacing and you know the fact that he could he could let the James Harden types or he he could let someone just create. I'd like to see what uh, Larry could get done in this league. Uh, do you who do you think would get more done in a game? Day, Larry or Urban Magic? Who, who, in today's game, in today's game, it is tailor made for Larry Bird. Yeah, today's game, yeah. tailor made for Larry Bird. Right, and Larry um, Bird. Who gets more done? Like I, I'd have to see both men, but you know, who gets more done in a game today, Larry or Magic? I, I, again, I, I, I so. I, Gets more done. Gets more done is an interesting question because I think Magic Johnson still averages a triple double. Right. Um, he because we you know he's not he's never been confused as the most prolific scorer in the world, but he'll get you double digits. And the reason I bring Magic. up Larry, the the reason I bring up Larry, right? Because it, it's obviously outrageous. Uh, but that's that's where this thing is going. Because I mean, I'm gonna if I'm a franchise, right? You 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 know, I'm I I want to I'll bring back Michael out for a, you know a short time. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take the star of the WNBA, right? What? Come on, first heard right I'm, here. Why I'm, not? I Why am, not? I am shocked that nobody has done that. No, it's it's happening. We're saying I'm it here, shocked. and I'm telling you, it's gonna. Ha- this is perfect time. This for is the it. time. This is the only time, right? Like yeah. if it was going yeah. to happen. Now is the time for it to happen. Like, why would you not reach out to mm. a Brianna Stewart? Or immediately, you know, it has to be somebody who's just at the at the elitist level right now, and say, yep. "Hey, come over here and sign this ten day contract." I'm who calling cares? for that to happen. Who I'm, cares yeah. if it's a publicity stunt? By the way, oh. like, hey, uh, I mean, publicity stunt. My God, we Bill Veck and the Chicago White Sox publicity stunts are what. You know, sports is all about Barman Bailey Circus publicity stunt. Let's bring it on. I mean, this is the perfect, so not perfect storm. Well, yeah, and and especially when you consider that some of these teams, these WNBA teams, are owned by people who have a stake in the NBA. This isn't really like it's difficult to get done. Like it's not and like I'll you're going to have to worry about a breach of contract or no. something like that. Right, because I'll go one step further, and this would be a breach of contract, but 
Uh, and the one step further would be, okay, let's see what some of these high school guys can do. Perfect storm if we didn't have the restrictions on that to go, okay, let, let's bring in a couple of these uh, young whippersnappers and see what they can do. Now, again, right? I have like I have like watching I have like watching more of the G League guys get an opportunity um to play because I'm still on the I'm still on this thing of the NBA being filled with people on benches that probably are not better than some people that are on G League rosters and they're only there because dot dot dot. You know, whatever the dot 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 is, they they're trying to work out something with an agent for another player. They're they're trying to keep a player happy by putting his homeboys or his brothers on the roster. But like the idea, the idea, the idea that um that Leangelo Ball, who I actually think is a is a is a good basketball player and fits today's game, can't stick on a roster, but everybody with the last name of Tenacumpo can. And I've watched those guys play. Neither one of them can hold his jock. So I'm not understanding exactly why, except for the fact that Milwaukee's willing to, they're willing to have a happy Giannis. And the Bulls or the, I think, well, actually, I think um, LeAngelo's with the with the um, Charlotte um, G League team. They don't care about having a happy mellow ball. You know, and, and that's why yeah, Leangelo well, can't. That's that's business as usual in the NBA, if you right. I mean, so yep. you know, if you're Milwaukee, good for them. That's probably the right move. And maybe if you're another organization, shame on you. If you're, you know, uh, because it is supposed to be uh, you're supposed to put the most competitive product out there. But um, but is it good anyway, for them though? Like, is it really yeah. good for them to like have these? couple roster spots being taken by guys that don't help them on a regular basis or not even on a regular basis, but can't help them <laughs> in a pandemic when, you know, you have five and six people out, you got to sign other people. Cause these two guys aren't really giving you anything worth a damn. Yeah. That's probably the real, I mean, that's the real question, you know, so in all of a sudden these guys that maybe you've had on roster for multiple other reasons now are forced into play situations and there might be, um, better ones out there that's kind of interesting but i mean the rules are just right now the, the rules have gone haywire across uh, it's wild wild west right and, now. yeah college and and pro sports because right they were they were there were forfeits earlier in college hoops they're no longer forfeits and the games are going to be re- right so every all the rules are changing relative to how this thing is gonna uh unfold so stay tuned and what hasn't changed that you know is the continuing ability of the celtics uh, my team to find new and creative ways to lose down the stretch. I saw on the, uh, recently their clutch rating is, you know, third from the worst or fourth, like in the bottom, you know, four or five teams in the NBA, their ability to play in the last five minutes, which is common thread, but wow. I'm not, I was pretty down. Uh, I think on either episode five or four, I was pretty down. So now I'm just numb to it. I'm, I'm <laughs> used to it. In fact, I expect it. So it's, I find it almost humorous. I called Jason Tatum's turnover on the next to last possession or last, but in the last game, I said, watch this. He's got it. He's going to turn it over. Almost turned it over once, got it back, and then did turn it over on the spin move to the basket. But I called. I said, this will be a turnover. Uh, you know, anyway. Oh, yeah, my it, goodness. It's interesting, too, because 
your your team finds creative ways to lose down the stretch. My team, the Lakers, find creative ways to get blown out early and then <laughs> get just close enough to where you go, oh, well, if just one more thing happens, they might be able to bring it together. Yeah. But, oh, my gosh. The only yeah. thing I feel bad about for the – because I don't really feel bad, you know, for them. Right. This is yeah. this is a making that this is their own doing and this is still the regular season. So call me when they don't have a chance to make the playoffs. But right. I really feel bad for Russell Westbrook because what is he supposed to do? Like everything that he does, he is the reason why it's negative. Like everything if he if he if he dials his game back, then people are gonna go, well, he's not really producing at all. See, look, we told you. And then when he actually does play his game and he he goes as hard as he goes, they go, well, those are empty stats. Well, I'm sorry, but I can't I can't win if that's the case. Even if we're winning, you're gonna you're gonna give LeBron all of the credit anyway, rightfully so, most likely. Um, but in in, in his case, he just doesn't have a win. Like there's no win for him. Now he probably doesn't care. And, and, and congratulations to him to be able to like deflect from all of that negative that gets thrown at him, you know, unfairly in my, in my, in my um, opinion, because it's a, it's a, this is a failure of an organization, not just a failure of one of the players on the team. This is organizational failure. When you, when you're dealing with what they're dealing with right now, when you look at that roster and how it was constructed, outside of the names that we know like like it it doesn't make any sense but when you're trying to like recreate what you had in the bubble without realizing that what you had in the bubble was just this one one off and you don't need to recreate that way they found themselves in some really bad they found themselves in really bad shape i don't know how they dig out of it obviously i'm not ready to, to 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 pitch them off because lebron plays and you know, like you said a couple a couple pods ago, if you have LeBron, then you're in you're 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 in business. So, but it and is, I think it there's a lot of yeah, and I I think um, you know I, I I think these seasons, whether it's the pro uh, uh, basketball or football, they they have cycles to them, and and it's not always a, a straight line of progress. So, speaking of which, obviously, my Patriots. Um, suffered a tough defeat at home which a couple uh yeah no in a row and buffalo that that cost them so now they're a little tighter situation but you know who knows who is your pick uh i know who i've got but who is your pick to come out of the nfc uh afc and who is your pick to come out of the uh nfc who are you picking right now knowing that this stuff can you know the hot teams i mean buy, you know we local people had the patriots in this damn super bowl against brady um uh, you know two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Now, you know, they may not make the playoffs, but who do you, who do you see coming out of each conference? Well, I think the, I think the negative part for the AFC is that nobody killed Kansas city when they had a chance early. They're probably coming out the AFC again, in my opinion. And by the way, we're back to football without me actually doing it. It's, it's, I just would like to go on record and say that, um, Kansas city out of the AFC, and I think Dallas comes out of the NFC. 
I like Dallas. You know, I think I like Dallas a lot, and I, I'd like to see that. Ha- I like um, my childhood team, the Pack. I'd love to see Aaron Rodgers, like with all the mess surrounding him from start to finish. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Pack uh, make a run, and obviously, uh, you know, Brad. I'm gonna I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm I'm gonna. T- I like your Dallas pick. I'm I'm gonna go with the Pack. Um, so they're done now that I've said that. And by the way. <laughs> I should have, uh, I sh- and I'll root for Brady, but I uh, I should have said I'm more of a pro football guy than a college football guy. College football lost me when, you know, uh, when 47 games a night became, you know, possible and conferences realigned more often than, you know, I had a babysitter. You know, it was just awful. So I just kind of. I, I jumped off of college football, um, you know, and, and I liked the f- playoff. Once they finally reached their senses and came to a playoff, I said, okay, now I'm going to start kind of paying attention again because uh, I thought the, the, the bowl stuff was just ridiculous. Um, so this, so the last last couple of weeks for NFL has not been a good couple of weeks for you because of how they've kind of rationed out all of the games over several days. Because I didn't uh, like you know, that inter- at all. Yeah, I interestingly in in a small dose, it's it's a neat thing. Yeah, I I don't like it. Um, small dose every once in a while if it happened, but when it becomes, uh, yeah, that was a regular thing. Or even the the Thursday, I don't have a ton of need for it. I, I'm a traditionalist. I mean, you can't get a. Yeah. I well, I you know, I am, and then I'm not in some other ways. But I yeah, I would say, you know, I like I like I like pro football on Sunday. Well, greed greed always sends a rule today. And, and Monday, by the way. And Monday. Yeah. And Monday. That's yeah. that's the thing for me. It's like I like I like my football in the in the correct order as I see it. Fridays are meant for high school football. Mm. Saturdays are meant for college football. Sundays are meant for the NFL. And Monday night, Monday night yeah. only is meant for basketball until I start watching whatever the Monday night football game is. So, like, I I like it that. And then I want to break until Friday. I want to be able to recharge the batteries. And, like, so I've never liked this this football all the time every day. However, I like basketball. (laughs) I like basketball on, on a more regular basis. Maybe it's just because that's the game and that's the way it's done that I like it more that way. But whatever it is. I, I'm I'm more okay with the fact that I can find a basketball game every day than I am with the fact that football is on you know five yeah. days out of the out of the seven days of the week. Like it, yeah. You know, so I, I think I think it'll be interesting if Dallas comes out. I, I I like to see Dallas. I think people miss the opportunity to 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 get um, Kansas City out of here. I really thought it was going to be Baltimore's year until their entire team got hurt. That's unfortunate. Um, but yeah, Kansas City and Dallas. And if it is Kansas City and Dallas in a in a Super Bowl down in Miami, that's a pretty tasty Super Bowl. Cause you're gonna have Michael Irvin running a muck down in <laughs> running a muck down in, in Miami. That would be that would be awesome to see. Um we're 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 coming to the end of it, but wanted to to circle back to this because you made reference to it early with um 
you know, me supposedly retiring and continuing to play basketball. Um, I've had a couple of, of instances, but what do you do to keep the, the holiday pounds off so that you're not starting from square one when we get to the new year? What's some things that you that you try to do? Because that's the reason why I was playing basketball and trying to do some boxing workouts is to try to keep that, you know, while I'm down in Tampa on – on you know on the break and visiting family and i don't have access to my cycle bar classes you know shout out to cycle bar by the way if you want to become a if you want to become a sponsor yeah. we'll keep saying it until... i i love cycle bar i haven't been there yet absolutely manifest we're going to manifest it um but like what do you do in order to try to keep the pounds off well i you know motion is the lotion so uh movement is the key uh i you know, I rely on experience. I know that uh, my wife's family, you know, Italian with some French. So when we go visit her mom, I mean, my record was 14 pounds one holiday I put on wow. uh, in, in a period. Of, yeah, I put on 14 pounds. Like I came back and I was, you know, mortified. Uh, I, I was <laughs> impressed. A lot of things like on a tall, skinny guy. So I uh, I rely on that experience and I, I cut my portions down a little bit rather than every day having three pieces of pie or you know three margaritas or whatever it is i i try to cut my intake in half uh i i try to slide extremely average workouts into days where i might in otherwise just say nah i don't feel like working out i'll just you know i'll just have an average workout i call it in the bank you know, just put it in the bank. Don't don't have that perfectionist need that everything has to be. So that that's my that's my trick. Move more than I might. Stay in motion. Cut the portions by half. Not every meal now. It just means some of the time, right? That's all you're doing. Limit the damage. I like it. Limit like the it. damage. There's, there's going to be damage. There's going to be damage. Limit the damage. Limit the damage. Okay, I like it. I like it. I've got to find a way to limit the damage without damaging myself more. Because, <laughs> boy, I tell you, I, I woke up this morning after playing basketball. There's a difference of playing basketball on on a on a court, you know, in, inside in a gym and playing basketball on that asphalt. Man, it's gravity is different. That's for sure. Um, it, I, I woke up really sore. I felt I, I told you earlier, I felt like I was in a um, I was in a football game and, and how I used to feel when I would wake up the next day after a football game. That's how I felt this morning. Um, and, and then just ran it back with some, you know, with a nice boxing workout. But, you know, we'll come back and, and we'll try to we'll try to keep these pounds off. And the next time we see all of you or the next time we get a chance to talk to all of you, we will be firmly, firmly planted into the new year 2022. I would say I'm looking forward to a better 2022 than a 2021, but I said that about 2021 and then 2021 happened. So maybe we're not going to jinx 2022 by saying we're, we're just going to take it as it comes and we're going to try to, what we, what we, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to minimize the damage. That's what we're going to do. Limit the damage. We're going to limit, limit the damage. The damage. So I'm gonna, 
Yeah, I'm going to keep my mouth shut on 22. Yeah. No jinx. If you want any predictions of 2022, do not ask us. Find another pod. We will refuse to answer any 2022 predictions. The only thing that we, we feel comfortable in predicting is if we are still upright, we will see you all next week. I am Coach Gene Clemens. That is Coach Whitley-Jour. Thank you for joining us. Zebra Stripes, Episode 6. Until next time, y'all have a good one. Thank you.